I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. The Epstein-Barr virus is among the most common viruses associated with diseases, including multiple sclerosis and certain cancers. Atara Biotherapeutics is developing off-the-shelf T-cell immunotherapies designed to target cancers and autoimmune conditions driven by the Epstein-Barr virus. It's also using its EBV T-cell platform to develop next-generation allergenic CAR-T therapies to target a range of non-EBV-associated diseases. We spoke to Pascal Touchon, president and CEO of Atara, about the role the Epstein-Barr virus plays in certain cancers and autoimmune conditions, the company's platform technology for allergenic CAR-T therapies, and why it has implications beyond EBV-driven diseases. Pascal, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Danny. Pleasure to be with you today. We're going to be talking about immunotherapies, Atara, and its efforts to develop allergenic T-cell therapies to target Epstein-Barr virus-associated diseases, including multiple sclerosis and and certain cancers. Let's start with the Epstein-Barr virus, which is one of the most common viruses and one to which most people have been exposed. What happens that can cause people to develop other illnesses as a result? It's it's a fascinating virus because if you think about it, about 95% of the world population is infected as we speak by this virus. You get infected usually in your young age, but then your immune system is able to control the infection, but not to completely eradicate the virus. So we all healthy carrier in some ways of that virus till Uh, we pass away, but at the same time, there could be condition in which our immune system is not able to continuously control the virus, and that can create disease. It could be cancer or autoimmune disease. How well understood is the role exposure to the virus in leading to serious conditions like MS or cancer? So let's start with cancer, which has been really, uh, so far, the most investigated area of the relationship between this virus and this particular type of disease. In fact, Epstein-Barr virus was discovered as the first ever oncogenic virus, i.e. a virus that can create cancer, because it was discovered in Burkitt lymphoma, a very rare type of lymphoma, where uh, Barr and Epstein, two scientists from the UK, were able to really find out that this particular cancer was caused by Epstein-Barr virus. Now, since that time, many, many other cancer has been linked with that particular virus, and it could be either cancer of epithelial cells, because that virus, once you get infected, will reside in epithelial cells, but also reside in B cells, in the immune B cells, and that's why this virus is also linked with a number of rare lymphomas. So they are linked with lymphomas, or cancer of the B cells, as well as some specific epithelial cancers 
such as uh, gastric cancer or nasopharyngeal carcinoma, just to give two examples. And it, it's uh, acknowledged that about 1.5% worldwide of the cancer are linked with EBV one way or the other. So the way it's uh, uh, leading to cancer is really related to how much the immune system of the individual could control the infection with the virus. Give you an example, we are addressing a particular rare type of lymphoma called PTLD for post-transplant lymphoproliferative disorder. And this is a lymphoma that occurs in patients that have undergone a transplant. It could be a solid organ transplant, like a transplant of the kidney, heart, lung. It could be as well a bone marrow transplant. Once the patients are being transplanted, there is a need to immunosuppress the patient to a certain degree so they don't reject the graft. And that particular immunosuppression will lead to a reactivation of the EBV infection, either coming from the recipients or from the donor. And in that case, this particular infection will stimulate the B cells that are infected by EBV to proliferate and create a lymphoma, a cancer of the B cells. And that's a very, very, very severe cancer with very rapid progression and deadly prognosis because about half of the patient will die within a few weeks or a few months. And many, in fact, nearly 90% will die within two years. So coming back to the origin, it's because of the infection that we are carrying for that virus in our B cells. If your immune system is compromised, in that case, because of immunosuppression, you some people will start to develop this particular cancer of the B cells linked with the EBV infection. So that's, that's for the cancer. So maybe just a few minutes on the autoimmune. Sure. The autoimmune disease, it's a different situation here where there seems to be a particular uh, individuals that are infected by the virus, but are more in the latent phase of infection, a phase that we all have basically where our virus is present in our immune cells, but it's being controlled uh, by the immune system. So it's not really proliferating and, and expanding there. And what's happening in that type of people is that some other factors like a genetic predisposition, particular type of HLA uh, type or the environment and or the environment will then lead to a situations where the virus that is present in the B cells of this patient will lead to an autoimmune reaction that will start an autoimmune disease. But more about that later. Atar is developing allergenic T-cell therapies to fight Epstein-Barr virus-driven cancers and autoimmune diseases. But before we get into the cell therapy itself, how can you tell if a cancer or autoimmune condition is driven by Epstein-Barr virus, and are your therapies designed to be used with companion diagnostics? So for cancer, you need to see whether that particular type of lymphoma or um, epithelial cells carcinoma is related to EBV. So there are existing uh, tests that allow us to see whether this particular cancer is EBV positive, is linked with that EBV infection. This type of diagnostic is done on a routine basis in post-transplant patient where all post-transplant patients will be tested for EBV uh, uh, positivity. And the reason is that this is a non-risk 
post-transplant for these patients. And this type of testing is uh, already uh, part of the uh, standard protocol and even the type of diagnostic machine that are being uh, available in many hospitals worldwide. So there is no need for diagnostic companion from that point of view. However, in the case of the autoimmune disease and particularly multiple sclerosis that we are uh, evaluating in terms of its ability to be addressed with analogenic T-cell therapy targeting EBV, there is no need to do a particular test because it has been found out that 100% of the MS patients are EBV positive. So no need for companion diagnostic. All of the MS patients will be EBV positive, and that's why you can attempt to treat all of these patients with a specific targeted therapy that is really targeting uh, Epstein-Barr virus. Well, walk us through how you make these cell therapies. You, you, you begin with donor T cells. How do you get these cells, and what do you need to do to turn them into an off-the-shelf therapy that's targeted against Epstein-Barr virus-infected cells? We have a, a very available source of EBV T cells in the sense that, as I said earlier, 95% of the world population is infected by EBV, and for most people, that infection is being controlled by the immune system, which means that in the blood of these uh, people, of these individuals, they have T cells that are specific to EBV, so the immune cells that are uh, uh, responsible for the cellular immunity, that are able to patrol the, the organism and find out uh, EBV-infected B cells and to control them, not to completely eliminate, but to control them. So what we're doing is that we are taking blood from, from individuals, and then we are able to uh, uh, separate in these blood cells the immune cells, and particularly the B cells from the T cells of this patient. The B cells also of this individual, sorry, donor, not patients, the B cells from these donors are being infected by an EBV virus, uh, ex vivo, and that infection allows these B cells to present the antigens of that virus at their surface. And then they are being cultivated with the T cells coming from the same donor. So again, from the donor, we take B cells, T cells, we uh, infect the B cells with the virus. We then cultivate after having irradiated these B cells and the virus so we don't create further risk of uh, uh, viral infection. We cultivate the T cells together with these B cells that are presenting the antigen at the surface that will then lead to an activation and expansion of the T cells that are really specific to EBV uh, antigen, Epstein-Barr virus antigens. And after a certain cycle of growth and expansion, we have then a final product that is very, very specific of EBV, and that is made of various clones of T cells that are addressing different types of antigens of the EBV. And as I understand it, you're also able to take Epstein-Barr virus T cells and turn them into CAR T cell therapies to treat non-Epstein-Barr virus-associated disease. Why use these for CAR T therapies that are not driven by Epstein-Barr virus? That's really the next step of our platform development. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, we are developing two types of product, one called TAPCell addressing Epstein-Barr virus cancer or related cancer such as PTLD, the other one, AT188, that is addressing autoimmune disease and particularly multiple sclerosis. But as you said, 
If we add another step of manufacturing for these allogenic donor-derived T cells, which is to transduce, to insert a chimeric antigen receptor, we can then create another type of cells that will have a different target than EBV. These particular T cells from healthy donors will have, of course, their endogenous, their native TCR, that is the, uh, the T receptor, T cell receptor that is targeting EBV, but they will also carry a chimeric antigen receptor that could allow them to uh, hunt and kill other type of cells. So, For example, we have one that is very close to the clinic right now called ATA3219, for which we have transduced onto these EBV T cells from healthy donor, the CD19 chimeric antigen receptors to be able to address medical need in B-cell malignancies such as lymphoma and leukemia. So we are transforming further these cells to have another target for these cells, but we maintain the native TCR, the endogenous TCR, and we believe that's extremely important for these cells to behave in a way that allows more durable remission potentially in a sense that TCR, the endogenous TCR, uh, in that case for cells, the EBV TCR, is a key survival signal for T cells. And retaining the TCR complex on the cells results in maintained persistence in vivo. And there's been published studies now showing that in patients, you have more persistence when you have CAR-T that have maintained uh, the endogenous TCR. These cells also have certain advantages over autologous therapies that use a patient's own cells and are genetically engineered and reinfused in them to treat cancer. What are those advantages? The key advantages of our allogenic off-the-shelves uh, CAR-T is around the availability for patients in terms of immediate availability for patients. You don't need to manufacture the cells uh, for that particular patient. That usually takes weeks. And then to send this uh, bespoke therapy to the patient, you can immediately have that available as inventory of a library of T-cells and you can find the right product for the right patients. In fact, in our uh, current development, when we address at this stage EBV-related disease like cancer, EBV-related cancer and autoimmune disease, we have been able to deliver the treatment within just a few days, about three days from the time we receive the request from the physician to the time the product is at the patient bed at the institutions to be able to treat that patient. And by the way, the patient could also be treated in outpatient clinics, not only in hospitals. So very rapid delivery of the therapy. That's one of the key advantage. Second key advantage, we are leveraging the unique biology of healthy donors T cells, which are by definition more potent as immune T cells than the cells coming from a patient that has been going through years sometimes of chemotherapy and other treatment, and that has an immune system that is compromised. Here we use T cells coming from healthy donors with perfectly good immune system, and this creates a product therapy that is, in fact, more potent from an immune point of view. So first advantage is the speed to treatment. Second advantage is the ability to have very healthy T cells. And the third advantage is, of course, the cost of manufacturing, because what we have is the possibility for one batch, one lot of manufactured product to take to treat hundreds and very soon thousands and thousands of patients. Instead of having one batch, one patient, 
which is the case for the bespoke therapy such as autologous T-cell therapy. At the end of last year, Tara won European approval for Evalo, the world's first ever approved allogenic cell therapy. This was approved as a treatment for a relapsed and refractory Epstein-Barr virus positive post-transplant lymphoproliferative disease. Can you explain what that is? Yes, this is a, a particular disease that occurs in patients that have gone through uh, solid organ transplant or bone marrow transplant. And either from the organ they receive or from themselves, there is a reactivation of EBV infection, especially in the B cells that leads to a lymphoma with proliferative B cells that are infected by EBV. So TAP cell or Evalo is a product that is specifically designed to address that type of disease in bringing to these patients T cells from healthy donors that are very specific, that are targeted, is a true targeted therapy to hunt and kill their B cells that are infected by EBV. And we've been investigating that product for a number of years. It originated at Sloan Kettering in New York, and we've treated more than 400 patients with that particular therapy with amazingly consistent results in terms of efficacy and safety, where we have uh, the ability to get a response rate of at least 50%, so half of the patient are responding, and once they are responding, whether they are in complete remission or even in partial remission, they will be able to survive long term. In fact, we have now data with an estimated of all survival at two years in responders that is over 86%. So you think about it, we're moving from a situation where approximately 90% of the patient will, with EBV positive PTLD, if they uh, relapse or they are refractory the first line therapy will die within two years to a situation where the same patient will be at an 86% survival at two years. So it's a profound impact on the patient from that therapy based on the clinical studies we have done and presented so far. And how has this condition traditionally been treated and what's the prognosis for someone with it? So traditionally, the first-line therapy was typical of any lymphoma, and that has been uh, either anti-CD20 therapy like rituximab or a combination of anti-CD20 therapy and chemotherapy, so rituximab and chemo. But the, these therapies are not always effective to control the lymphoma of this patient because, again, that's a very, very severe prognosis lymphoma with rapid progression, and about half of the patient will not respond to that first-line therapy. If they don't respond to first-line, there is no option in second-line. So there is no real standard of care now in second-line. And of course, the physician will try different things to increase chemotherapy, to change it with a lot of side effects and even mortality attached to this type of uh, uh, use of product in second-line, but there is no approved therapy. Here we have with Evalo in Europe, the first ever approved therapy in second-line with the type of impact that I was mentioning on the patient. And again, that's very significant impact. It's a truly potentially transformative impact on patient in the sense that the patient that are not having access to TAP cell will have a very low life expectancy with the median OS, the median overall survival being just about three weeks when the patient has had a bone marrow transplant at the beginning of his uh, uh, evolution in the disease and about a few months, four months 
50% uh, overall survival if the patient is coming from solid organ transplant. So just a few weeks to a few months, 50% of the patient will die. And as I said, about 90% will die over two years. So very, very dire prognosis for this patient. And here we have a treatment that in various studies has shown consistent and coherent results with, by the way, a safety that's been favorable. Uh, there have been a very manageable type of side effect. And uh, many, many patients that have been treated with Tapcell now are long-term survivors. Pierre Fabre is commercializing the therapy in Europe, the Middle East, Africa, and other select markets through a 2021 agreement. What's the regulatory path forward in the United States for Ebola? So we've been discussing with the FDA for a number of years about what will be needed to file a BLA in the U.S., and we are making significant progress. The agency in the U.S. has been particularly asking questions about the manufacturing and the so-called CMC aspect of the product. Now, in Europe, we've been through the EMA filing in November 21 and approval in December 22 with a relatively uh, simple way of looking at that. The European agency is leveraging external experts like the Paul Ehrlich Institute to look at the various CMC aspects of the product. And that particular well-known expert institute has really uh, reviewed our file and considered that not only we had uh, a, a very clear control of the process, but also they, they conduced uh, the analysis of comparability between uh, some manufacturing process version that we used in a clinical uh, development of the, of the product and the one we were intended to commercialize and concluded that these manufacturing process versions that were having just minor variations between them led to comparable product. Hence, we could leverage the full set of clinical pivotal data for the approval of the product. In the US uh, with the agency, there have been a longer discussion, extended discussion with the agency that was not convinced about comparability initially, but we're making progress and we hope that we'll get to the point where we can file the BLA in the near future in the U.S. so American patients could potentially benefit from this therapy. Bayer in 2022 terminated a licensing agreement with Atara after a patient died in a trial of your experimental therapy for mesothelioma. This was for AT2271. It, it led to a pause in the trial. What's been learned about the patient death and has that study resumed? Yes, this study has resumed, and it has been, of course, very unfortunate, and we always, uh, first and foremost, thinking about the patient and, and protecting patient life. What happened in that particular case is this product that was investigated not by Atara, but by Memorial Sloan Kettering, or partner, was an autologous product, so a product where you transform with a chimeric antigen receptor the immune cells coming from the patient. This patient was an elderly patient with a lot of confounding factors and unfortunately had various um, type of uh, uh, events that led to his uh, passing away. And we are very sad to hear that from Sloan Kettering investigators. However, when we analyze with Sloan Kettering all the data coming from that particular patient, it clearly appeared that the CAR-T was not directly responsible for uh, the fatality 
And as there were a lot of confounding factors, in particular, the patient had a lot of comorbidities and other treatment. So after discussing uh, with uh, our investigators and the uh, center of investigation in MSKCC, we then uh, decided that the study should be able to resume after discussion with the FDA that was conducted by MSKCC. The FDA also agreed with resuming the study, and now the study has resumed, and we hope that we will have in the future some uh, exciting data coming from the use of this very differentiated, specific autologous CAR-T targeting mesothelin for solid tumors, in that particular case, mesothelioma. It's been a difficult financing environment. Many companies have taken steps to extend their cash runway. Atora laid off 20% of its staff in August 2022 and narrowed the focus of its R&D operations. How far will existing cash take you and what's the plan for raising additional capital? Yeah, we've made the decision last year to not commercialize TAPCEL, a value by ourselves in the U.S. That was the initial plan. And therefore, to really to focus on value creation through research and development of our allogenic T-cell therapy and the development of our platform. And as I was saying earlier, we have one product that is, by definition, the most advanced allogenic T-cell therapy in the world. In fact, when we obtained the approval in Europe in December 22, we were and we still are the first ever allogenic T-cell therapy approved in the world. Now, we hope to uh, get to the U.S. submission soon and to get the product approved in the U.S., but we will uh, really rely upon a commercial partner to be able to commercialize that product in the U.S., as we've done in Europe with Pierre Fabry. Now, we have very exciting product that is uh, behind TAPCEL in development in phase two right now called AT188 that is addressing a very significant medical need as well, but of course, a much larger population I'm talking here about progressive multiple sclerosis, progressive MS. And that product, uh, again, has been uh, confirmed in phase one trial to be at that stage well tolerated with some interesting and very encouraging type of efficacy results, in particularly in uh, uh, having the possibility in some patients to improve uh, the disability of these patients with treatment. That's a completely different story where we are trying here not to address the infection and uh, lymphoma related to B cells, but to address a latent infection in the B cell of this MS patient that is present in their brain, in their nervous system. And we believe with many experts right now that these infected B cells, infected by EBV, are in fact serving as a source of autoimmunity and autoreactivity for the immune system. And there have been papers presented last year showing that not only MS is really caused by EBV infection, of course, together with genetic, uh, specific genetic profile and environmental pressure, but is also being, the progression of the disease is being driven by uh, these B cells infected by EBV. And that very much uh, like what uh, has been shown in other type of disease, autoimmune disease. But here with MS, we have a lot of evidence showing that this infection by external virus is leading to some uh, molecular mimicry in terms of some protein of the brain being very much like some part of the virus. And therefore, the immune system got confused and start to attack the brain protein instead of atta attacking the EBV-infected B cells. 
Now, we've been doing, as I said, with 8188, a first phase one study in 24 patients that led to these encouraging results showing improvement in about one third of the patient treated at IDOS at one year, improvement in disability and stability in many others, and that being confirmed by uh, potential brain structural changes, such as sign of remyelination and less brain atrophy in a patient that were improving on treatment with 8188. Now, we have embarked into a phase two studies compar comparing 188 versus placebo, and that study will read out in October of this year. So over the next few months, we will have the possibility to have significant catalyst and milestone for the company. On the one hand, we are looking forward to get clarity from the FDA upon the type of uh, filing that they will deem acceptable for TAP cell in the US that will allow us to clarify the timing of the BLA filing. We also uh, heavily engage in discussion with various pharmaceutical companies and biotech companies around partnering TAP cell for the US that should be able to confirm the potential of the product, but also to allow us to have some cash in coming from this partnering uh, discussion. And then we have in October, the readout from the phase two study of 8188 in progressive MS with the potential to create significant value for the company and for patients if these results show that the product is indeed effective in progressive MS patient compared with placebo. So even though the environment is challenging from um, a market point of view, we have significant catalysts on product that are potentially transformative over the next few months. I'm not talking about next year, we're talking about uh, the next few months up to October that could create opportunities for us to be able to uh, advance our platform, advance our product and create further value with the backing of partners and our shareholders. Pascal Touchon, President and CEO of Atara. Pascal, thanks so much for your time today. Danny, it was a pleasure meeting with you today. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.